Hi, dear listener. Welcome to the Young Changemakers podcast, an initiative from Global Changemakers. Your co-hosts Sophie, George, and William are very happy to have you join us today. Over this first season, we'll show you the incredible impact of youth and hopefully inspire you to take action too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you're ready, let's go. Qué onda? How's it going, guys? William here, your co-host from Guatemala. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on the sixth episode of the Young Changemakers podcast. Guys, it's incredible how time flies, right? It feels like yesterday when we were still planning the focus of this podcast. Actually, it wasn't that long ago. But anyways, <laughs> today we are releasing the sixth episode with more than 700 reproductions in more than 70 countries. That's awesome. And that's thanks to you guys. Thank you for your support. Wherever you're listening to us, feel very welcome to this episode. And speaking of how fast time is going, we are already in mid-December. 2019 is almost gone, you guys. That means this is my last episode of the year. I wanted to take some time to tell you that I really hope 2019 was a big year for you in terms of experiences, self-growth, and accomplishing or moving closer to your big goals. So, in terms of experiences, I mean both the good and the challenging ones. Life's a roller coaster, you guys. You already know that. Ups and downs, ups and downs. Sometimes we feel at the top and sometimes we don't. Just know that when you're at the top, make sure to make the most out of it. Feel thankful and appreciate those little moments in life. And when you're not at the top, feel calm to know that these times won't last forever and that life is like that just like that. In terms of learning and self-growth, I want you to remember the person you were at the beginning of 2019, how you were, what your thoughts were, and especially when it came to analyze the situations in your life. Some people say you don't really grow that much in a year. Other people say you can be a completely different person at the end of the year. What I would say is that it depends totally on you, how much you want to grow because I feel that 365 days are enough to at least grow a bit. Don't you think so? <laughs> so now I want you to think how much you have grown throughout this year and how much you have decided not to grow this year as well. So I just wanted to mention this because I feel it's very necessary to just to stop for a moment and think about ourselves also. So I hope 2020 will be a great year for you. So keep it up, guys. Keep learning, keep growing, keep striving, and keep living the most important thing. And work to be the best version of yourself every single day. So let's jump to the introduction. Today I'm interviewing a guy from the kingdom of Bhutan. And before I introduce this guy, I want to mention something that really called my attention while reading about his country. It has to do with the philosophy that guides the government of Bhutan. Its acronyms are GNH, which stands for Gross National Happiness. Cool, right? Not Gross National Product, but Gross National Happiness. So this is an index which Bhutan has used since 2008, and this helps them to measure the collective happiness and well-being of a population. 
Hopefully we'll have some time in the interview to get a perspective from a Bhutanese on this topic. I think this should be applied in all the countries. Yeah, that would be very cool. So, the guy I'm interviewing today is called Nirup Dorji. He's a 21-year-old guy selected as a global change maker 2019 because of his commitment on solving issues in his community, especially among young people. His journey on volunteering has been about community engagement and encouraging people to join the world of volunteering. He's also a member of Young Volunteers in Action, which is Bhutan's leading youth non-governmental organization. They are currently working to ensure that all youth have equal access to education, meaningful employment and opportunities. He has been a member of the Young Bhutan Network as well, which is funded by UNICEF. They try to bring young people from different backgrounds for social causes and also carry out community projects on a massive scale. So guys, I'm pretty sure we're gonna have a very interesting conversation with Nirup. Please keep tuning in. But before jumping to the interview, you guys, I bring very exciting news. Look, I know I love to bring different topics into the conversation just before I move forward to the interview, but this is really worth mentioning. The Global Changemakers team is launching a brand new resource called Facilitation Tools for Changemakers. This tool provides you with over 30 icebreakers, energizers, and team building exercises with video demonstrations. That's awesome, you guys, especially if you're about to work with large groups, very useful resources. It has also tips and best practices on facilitation and working with groups. And something that is really cool is that it is mobile friendly on both iOS and Android. And the most exciting thing, you guys, is that YCM podcast listeners get a 20% discount using the following code. Drums, please. <laughs> the code is YCM listener. YCM listener. No spaces altogether in uppercase. Alright, guys, so the link to the facilitation tools is on the show notes. Make sure to check it out. All right, Nidav, welcome to the YCM podcast. How are you today? Thank you, William. I'm doing great. So today is a quite chilly in Bhutan and we are having a cold weather. So I'm feeling cold, but I've been excited. Okay, Nidav, um, you know, while I was um, making up all the questions for this interview, I was reading your bio on the GCM website and I read that you like to include this kind of holistic mindset while you are volunteering in order to create a lot of a very uh, impactful engagement among youth people. So could you please explain a bit to us uh, what is it uh, really a holistic mindset and how can we like apply it? Uh, thank you, William. And uh, I want to thank Global Changemakers uh, for again contacting me and uh, I'm really happy to be in touch with you guys. So now to go on with the answer, holistic mindset in the sense that having a sense of understanding that uh, each and every one of us, whether we do volunteerism or everything, we have to understand the other person who will receive our work will be a human being. But the person who, we are, who are poses challenge to us is also a human being. So they also want happiness. They don't want suffering. They're doing some good. We're doing some good. So there's always a chance to connect. 
So I believe in a whole, uh, the holistic mindset means accepting everyone, whatever our differences are, because we are basically at the end of the day human beings. <laughs> so that's uh, what I tried to bet. But I think everybody is uh, open for interpretation. Yeah, that that's a very cool explanation. I mean, like not losing the chance to really connect with someone you are helping, but also, you know, like try to work on your social skills while um, being with all these yeah. people. And yeah, that's that's really cool. Actually, this is the first time I get to hear something like the holistic mindset. Oh, I see. <laughs> I think it's gonna, I'm going to start applying it on my life from now yeah. on. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Nidup. So I was wondering if you have any kind of favorite quote you would like to share with us. And especially if you have felt like throughout your journey, if that has helped you to improve in, in any way. Mm, uh, thank you really for the question. Uh, I believe a, a quote, one of, there are many quotes, but one of my particular favorite is, uh, it goes like this, if a problem can be solved, uh, what is the use of worrying? If the problem cannot be solved, what is the need for worrying? So it comes from Nalanda, the text where I read it, and it has stayed with me ever since because the quote uh, really inspires me when I uh, when we are down, when we are up, when we are happy, it's like no problem. Whatever happens, we are very happy. So yeah, we can yeah. deal with it. But when we are down, we need some kind of uh, some kind of what you can say, uh, uh, some kind of a knock you can say on our head that it's not the end. There are something more. So it especially applies to when you are volunteering or doing community service work because that is something which you do selflessly, not for any gain. And that, uh, that uh, we must be particularly careful that we do not lose our courage, our confidence. So I use this quote time to time. Uh, yes, I think that's all. <laughs> I see, right? Like not worrying about what you cannot control, right? Yeah, definitely. But Many instead things. really um, trying to notice what you can learn about every situation that's actually happening in your life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Really a, nice, uh, Nidhav. Okay, so moving uh, forward to another question. I read on your bio on the GCM website also that you've been involved in volunteering for the last three years. Could you please mention to us the groups in which you've been involved throughout this journey so that our listeners get to know you better in this aspect of, of your life, the volunteering aspect? Uh, thank you for your question, William. So the, to start with, First, the first group I ever volunteered was uh, so in Bhutan, uh, as we can as you can see, we have free education till the twelfth standard, and many skills we learn we learn it from our schools through our teachers. So I started volunteering when I was in class ten in like school activities to organize uh, ceremonies, activities, sports days, and all that. But officially, I became a volunteer with uh, like a certain youth network in. Uh, past three years ago uh, by joining Young Volunteers in Action. That was the first youth group I, network I joined. And I have been a member ever since. So young, uh, young Volunteers in Action is a youth network under Youth Development Fund. It is an NGO in Bhutan and it is, uh, the president is Her Majesty Ajit Tsiringpen, uh, who, uh, who is the president of the organization. And uh, another youth member from a group I have been part of is Young Bhutan Network. 
So that is basically a platform where all the it tries to connect all the youth networks in Bhutan. I've also been a member of that today. Cool. And how often do you have to assist to these um, youth networks, youth groups? Do you have to go very often or you decide when you would like to, you know, invest a bit of your time on, on them or how does it work? Uh, thank you. So there are like two ways which we can get engaged. Firstly, there will be uh, youth activities funded by our NGO, the parent, uh, parent organization. So during that time, we go and help, we volunteer as a YWIRE. And the second is when we bring up our own programs, they support us and then we can plan out when it is feasible with the support of our parent organization and other agencies. So these are the two times where you can volunteer. I see. And the personal volunteerism can happen like every day. <laughs> so that's yeah, different. Yeah, like every day. Okay, so now that we are talking about youth-led organizations, I have a question. What difference do you think it really causes in people that a platform is youth-led, um, an organization? Like the Young Bhutan Network, do you notice like more empathy or understanding among, among the people you guys are supporting? Mm, uh, thank you for the question again. So now back to uh, firstly a wider approach. So our country, like you mentioned earlier, uh, uh, we have a developmental philosophy called cross-national happiness. So that uh, consider takes into account not the material aspect, just the material aspect, but the uh, emotional well-being, or we can say mental well-being of every individual. So in that sense, our country, especially the government and uh, donor agencies like UNICEF, YTF, they have been really pushing for youth-led organizations to be led by the youth. So the difference it makes is that the people in the society, their perception changes for the youth. Uh, since our, uh, we have a hierarchy, hierarchical society, so we respect our elders and the elders have to, like in turn, take care of us, but we have to respect them. So in, uh, when the youth-led organizations are led by the youths themselves, they gain the sense of new trust towards those youth. They feel, wow, the youths can do it themselves. They are capable. Otherwise, uh, instead of a burden to the society, in a sense, however, they feel that youths are capable, they are doing it, and the support, uh, when it is youth-led, the support is, we can say, a little bit more, because they appreciate the youths coming up, instead of uh, another uh, working person doing it. So youth-led uh, has the benefit of having, firstly, support from our community, and secondly, uh, wider support from the agencies, various uh, donor agencies in the country. So I believe youth-led groups uh, should uh, are effective in the wherever they are prevalent. So I feel that nice. So I see that not only the government is encouraging encouraging you guys to belong to networks, and especially if those are also encouraging you to be uh, youth led. So probably mm -hmm. um, in other places people struggle because there is not much uh, trust in youth. But I see that it. Probably this is not the case in Bhutan, right? People are really uh, aware that the yes. youth can do great things. Uh, no, they, uh, I believe uh, from my point of view, I think there is like a, some sort of tr uh, like lack of trust. I believe every parent, uh, because uh, when, uh, when someone becomes a parent, they, have to, they feel they have to take care of their child. So in the sense, the entire community becomes oriented that the youth are yet not capable to do these things. So even in Bhutan, uh, yes, youth are active, youth are good, 
but elders still consider youth's voices still, uh, still little bit uh, in the sense without inexperienced. So youth-led organizations are trying to change that perception that youth voices matter, where even if they have less experience than the elders in the community, elders in the sense community members. So yeah, yes, yeah. that is one of the things. You know, a bit earlier you mentioned this uh, gross national happiness, which I would yes. like if you could talk a bit about it, because as a Bhutanese uh, guy, you can give us <laughs> your perspective on that. Um, indicator the country has because i read on the website that bhutan is actually a pioneer in that um indicator oh. so but let's also relate it to you know how the youth is happy with what they do so how would you say it impacts um the youth and this gross national happiness okay uh, thank you william so now being a bhutanese if I do not talk about gross national happiness, it would be uh, unjustifiable <laughs> for a time. So speaking on it, gross national happiness originated uh, from His Majesty, the fourth Trukalpo. We have five kings present. So fourth Trukalpo was our previous king. So it originated from him in the sense that when a reporter asked him, His Majesty, so what is your country's gross national product? So His Majesty uttered back, replied back, we do not measure uh, our, our developmental progress through gross national product or gross national happiness. So since then, uh, the gross national happiness has become, it has been developed in a many sense. To bring it short, we have four pillars, which are good governance, uh, preservation of culture, promotion of tradition, uh, thirdly, equitable socioeconomic development, and fourthly, uh, we have uh, preservation of our environment. So to achieve GNH, we bring, uh, the government basis the policies on these four pillars and how it has affected the youth you can say that since that uh, since the leadership has accepted this philosophy to our benevolent kings uh, Bhutanese students are provided free education till 12th standard and furthermore if they are uh, capable and then furthermore they are also provided free education and uh, youth-centered policies have been prevalent in the government and uh, one key aspect which differentiates GNH from like traditional GDP growth-oriented system is that GNH does not uh, solely focus on the material development, like how many goods or services the country has produced more this year. It, it has to take into account that the people should be happy with those development. So the, it, uh, it takes into care the mental, social, psychological well-being of citizens. Though it is a very difficult thing to... Uh, uh, quantify and measure there is a cross national happiness commission in our country which looks after that so that is uh, in the go government level so in our level where we are just volunteers uh, we feel that it benefits us because government agencies are encouraged to support youth or youth activities in our country if it's youth they are encouraged to support it and guide us uh, so that is i can say in, uh, in brief Awesome. Nice explanation. Thank you. So we can get like more like an overview about this thing that's not applied in any other country. Well, at least I haven't heard that any other country yes. is applying this or have you heard that it is applied in other country? Uh, yes, I believe Bhutan is the only one, but I heard Dubai has a Ministry of Happiness. Oh. Started, so that is good. 
but I okay. do not consider GDP as bad. <laughs> it is yeah. also very good. <laughs> so <laughs> so I hope yes. they implement that in Guatemala someday. Hi there. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. We just wanted to let you know that we are on social media at We Are GCM and don't hesitate to follow us. And if you'd like to support us further, we also have a Patreon page. Type in Global Changemakers and decide which tier is best for you. Thank you. And now on with the rest of the episode. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's really cool. Uh, thanks for the explanation Thank again. You. And now we're gonna move um, forward to another topic about yes, these sir. young volunteers yes. in action, this organization yes. that you mentioned. I read on yes. the website that they, um, you know, try to ensure that youth gains better opportunities by the work they do. Yeah. So could you explain us a bit more about how have you seen that they actually ensure that the youth gets those benefits? Okay, thank you, William. So our country, since it started modernization in the late 1990, uh, by 1970s, and by 1990s, we had internet and television coming in. So since then, there's been a rapid, uh, yes, okay. <laughs> since then, there's been a rapid, uh, what you can, modernization. Therefore, their social, like modern problems have come together, unemployment and uh, youth-related crimes have come in. So why, why, what it's tried to do is, it tries to target students who are in school. They try to, uh, and then they encourage them to be a part of this network. Once they're part of the network, they volunteer, they become an active member of the community where they feel uh, extremely encouraged, where they feel they're uh, involved and where they feel they have to be responsible for their actions. So YBIA tries to inculcate in them a sense of responsibility from their school going age. And once they graduate, uh, YTF supports YBIAs with certificates. So this certifies and helps them to uh, achieve, uh, when they try to get a job, these certificates provide them as a backing. Furthermore, apart from Wi-Fi, YTF has uh, Micah Kit Village program, which tries to focus on the, uh, the rural people who are, in, who are in rural areas to make their products known in the market, to let them earn a living. And skill building programs are also provided by our NGO called YTF. Wi-Fi tries to support these uh, activities by providing volunteer service and through uh, taking active part in the programs. Cool. So would you say that they target more teenagers rather than adults or kids? Uh, exactly, yes. Okay. So it has been targeted towards children and youth in our Bhutan. In Bhutan. Okay, cool. So mm -hmm. I'll make sure I attach uh, the links to the websites of these organizations <laughs> that you. we are mentioning. Yeah. Okay. Um, and now uh, bringing a question that's more like philosophic and all of that. Uh, stuff. <laughs> what has been a big challenge you have faced? And if you could give us an advice on how to overcome it, you know, it can be a challenge as a volunteer or a challenge you had in your personal life or while working, Any anything that you want to share to us. Uh, thank you for the question. Uh, challenges. So I've noticed one thing about challenges, they change from every, every year. <laughs> There's a yeah. trend of these challenges becoming new challenges. One key challenge which uh, affect, can affect a volunteer is, for example, a Bhutanese person being a volunteer 
and many others can relate, especially when they're in school, when they try to volunteer, uh, trying to balance the academic, uh, academic workload, academic uh, responsibilities with volunteer activities, firstly. Secondly, uh, trying to convince or, or communicate with their families of what they are doing. Some, uh, sometimes if a person does not volunteer, without the family support, it can truly affect them uh, in the sense that they will not have a good sense of, uh, they will not have a good idea about volunteering. So I believe the main challenge is trying to balance academic work with our volunteer activities, uh, academic or our, what you can say, uh, social response work, work-related responsibilities. And secondly would be to ensure that whatever we do, we try to uh, communicate with our community or our family of what we are doing and uh, make sure the objectives are clear. If there is a, uh, to ensure there's no communication gap. So yeah, second can be a communication gap, which I can say is a challenge. Yeah, uh, yeah. So would you say like in, in conclusion, like a challenge would be to really equilibrate all these um, likes you have in life and also your responsibilities to now, to know really how to distribute your time wisely. That, that would be like the challenge here, so to speak. Uh, yes, thank you, William. That, that is truly what you said. Uh, but I, uh, to put a little bit to it, it can be in the sense that um, when, you, when we volunteer, we must, uh, like you said, have a good time management. So it is essential to ensure that both things, our life, our, all the important aspects of our life are not uh, all taken care of in our time management. Okay, thank you. I'm pretty sure um, there's people out there who feel very related to all these things that are not so different. And I mean, that yeah. most of us get to experience throughout our life. Um, yeah. So, you know, how long ago was it when you went to Sri Lanka? <laughs> so, I had gone on September 1st. So last September, right? September. Yeah, it was uh, last this year, ago. September. Yes. Cool, yeah, I remember uh, seeing some pictures of, of your oh, trip. Oh, yes, thank you for liking <laughs> Yeah, it looked really, really <laughs> nice, a very nice place, yeah. Uh, uh, so, <clears throat> I remember you told me that you went to participate in South Asia's Parliamentarian for Children yes, Summit, which yes. centered its topic on advancing child rights in the region yes. um, while engaging youth. So yes. tell us more about what it was exactly about, the summit. Okay. Uh, thank you. So the summit which I attended, I had honor to attend, uh, it marked the 30 years since Child Rights Convention was signed. So in 1989, Child Rights Convention was adopted. And since then, the rights of child throughout our world has uh, really advanced. So this uh, forum or this platform called together all the parliamentarians from seven countries. So namely Afghanistan, Nepal, India, uh, Bhutan, then we have Bangladesh and Maldives and then Sri Lanka. So these seven countries, three parla uh, parliamentarians from these countries and youth delegates uh, uh, attended this forum. I attended as a youth delegate. Uh, one thing which uh, happened was the signing of Colombo Declaration. So during that time, these seven countries' parliamentarians pledged that now they will bring youth voices when they make decisions and they will further try to promote uh, child rights in the region. The youths during the summit uh, adopted a youth pledge where we pledged that child vo uh, the voices of youth sh shall not be unheard no more, that we will do 
uh, we'll put double our efforts to make our voices heard and to ensure that the rights of the children are upheld. So these are some of the things that developed from that summit. Very nice. And how, how many people from Bhutan actually went to that summit? Uh, thank you. So we had four, four member delegation. See, that's not oh, like I'm a sorry, very large member. group, right? It's yes, a small one. Cool. But yes, it's really cool that uh, young people from the neighboring countries gather in a summit to discuss uh, issues and topics that are very important amongst yes, their population. It's really nice. Yes. So, also, this this summit has had to do something with uh, cyber safety or. Not at all. Uh, cybers, uh, it encompassed within it, but uh, at large, it was about child rights. Oh, okay, I see. Okay, so now that we are talking about yes. child rights, uh, what do you think are the first steps to take to stop this global issue? Like, not so much at the governmental level, but rather at the community level, among the groups uh, where you volunteer? Uh, thank you, William. So uh, at the community level, I would suggest that uh, to address the issue of like lack of child rights in our community, first thing would be to just go and talk to the parents or we can say the elders. It is very important to uh, give them awareness that child rights is not taking rights from them and giving to the child, but just ensuring that the child has a very wholesome development in their life. Child rights includes the child not getting abused, not getting physically, mentally abused, not getting exploited and all of these. Uh, parents, if they are aware that what some of the actions which they do are indirectly abusing the child or, trying, or mentally affecting them in their growth, they will not do it. So first thing was to, at the community level, we should engage the parents. Then, uh, uh, and as, which I, as I learned, UNICEF graciously funds many child protection workshops in our country. So YMA gets a privilege to uh, bring the youths of different communities to attend this uh, workshop. In it, uh, uh, facilitators uh, explain to the children that their rights are so-and-so, which are stipulated in the Child Rights Convention and the na uh, national legislation, which are in force in our country. So this gives the child uh, all the necessary uh, legal backing which they need. And then the, uh, it also teaches them where they have to go in case if their rights are violated. So it, it gives the child uh, the necessary tools during those uh, workshops. So I believe conducting such workshops to inform the child about their rights and to inform the parents, their parents who, are, who uh, do not have like some uh, luxury to spend time reading about child rights and all, to just explain to them these are some of the rights and these will help them, their child become good. So I believe that is uh, what a person can do, but uh, yeah. mm -hmm. I see. Uh, yeah. And for how for for how long have these um, workshops been carried out? Uh, thank you. So since I became volunteer three years ago, it has been carried out uh, annually. But in other parts of our country, it has been carried. It it gets carried out uh, with the support of UNICEF and the Minister of Education. Like more often, or also one time, once once a year. So uh, it gets, I believe, uh, every year for a new batch of children, once mm. a new batch gets born. So talking about children, you mean range from 5 to 11 years old? 5, 
Uh, we can say at, uh, no. We it would be about from eight to fifteen people, oh, okay. who are, uh, children who are about to become adolescents. Oh, okay. Okay. At the cool. children level, who are like primary level, uh, we try to promote pre-primary education for them because mm -hmm. it is a place where they, they can develop their uh, brains properly uh, before they enter the education system. Pre-primary education is one of the essential parts which we try to do. In it's really cool that uh, there are initiatives that are actually um, having this commitment of, you know, working on the child and all their development while they're growing yes. up. Yeah, that's really, really cool to, to hear about. So, yes. so it has been three years now that you've been volunteering, yes. right? right? Um, yes. So, you know, what are some of the plans you and your youth-led groups are proposing in the future to achieve your aim of addressing community issues in Timfu, which is the capital of Bhutan? Uh, thank you for your question, William. So now the, some of the plans which uh, my, our youth group are trying is we, do, we are planning to have a youth awareness program on cyber issues. So how to be safe online, how to use the internet productively, and what to do if you feel that you are getting bullied online. Awesome. So we are trying to uh, create an awareness and uh, we are focusing on events where the youths uh, gather together. Uh, there are some events which are coming up. So in Bhutan right now it's December, so it's winter vacation, so there are no schools. Uh, in Liu, many youth-led organizations, uh, youth NGOs and uh, organizations are hosting Winter coaching class, uh, or winter winter programs for youths who are now, right now have nothing to do. So there are many youths gathered. So we are trying to focus on them, to target them, and to have at least an hour or two session to talk on and present about youth issues. Furthermore, we would like to learn from them what uh, the government can do to make them feel safe online. Is there a need of more legislation? Is there a need of more uh, youth friendly? Uh, uh, youth-friendly uh, approaches or organize, uh, agencies to address this issue. So we will try to get some feedback from it. This is one thing. And second thing, we are planning to volunteer at a Wilding in Vacation. It's a winter program, uh, which is conducted annually by Youth Development Fund. So they, it will be start from 30th November, December, tentatively. Our, These are two programs in the long term. I see. Wow, nice initiatives. So. How do you choose the people that's gonna assist to this first workshop that you just mentioned? Um, oh, thank you. Are they, so, I mean, is there gonna be people who's going to apply in a way to these kind of workshops or are you going to invite people to assist to your workshops? Uh, uh, so thank you so much for the question. So uh, as I talked about Yam Bhutan Network before, that it tries to bring all the youth networks together. We are collaborating with another youth network called uh, Young Harmony Volunteers, uh, Young Youth uh, Harmony Youth Volunteers. So with them, we try to collaborate, and it will be a youth-led awareness campaign. And the materials and the content of these awareness programs will be supported by Department of Youth and Sports and UNICEF Bhutan. So we will uh, we'll seek technical help from them regarding the contents, regarding what, uh, how appropriately we can uh, tell them, and then we can roll it out. So you so really have a nice support so. over there, right? Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. as of now, yes, we have. <laughs> cool. Well, keep those uh, relations very tight so that you can you. keep um, carrying out this 
initiatives and hopefully they will all work out well. Congrats, Thank man. Thank you. <laughs> so from now, what path would you like your volunteering journey to take in the next few years? Would you like to um, get more involved in all these topics that you were talking about just earlier or probably incline more to this cyber safety issue that's going around or I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, uh, so some of the part I, I can say would be to focus more on cyber issue for the next year, tentatively. And then from further on, I believe the volunteering path should not end uh, with just uh, an end of a program. So uh, we will continue to engage the youth who are part of our network to ensure that they are not, they are not left behind. I will try my, I plan to try my best to be a part of them, to engage with them youth and to know uh, what their feelings and issues are and how we can make, how to spread volunteerism even more. So in that sense, the youth, uh, my part for volunteerism in the next two years would be focused on these two lines. I see. Always applying this holistic mindset, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, cool. Okay. So thanks a lot for all these um, well-explained questions. I think we, our listeners could really notice that you have a very um, cool journey on volunteering and also you have plans mm -hmm. for the future. So yeah, again, hopefully they will all work out well. And so now for the last question of this uh, interview, I would like to ask you for an advice you could give to our listeners out there. If there's anyone out there who really doesn't know where to start their journey in volunteering, or let's say if someone feels like they would like to help in any way to their community, but they don't really know how to, um, what piece of advice would you give to them? Okay, uh, thank you for the question. So, uh, to go with it, yes, I, I also personally felt this dilemma uh, when I was in school. So, I, I always wanted to volunteer, but I always thought, where should I volunteer? Will anyone support me? How should I do it? Uh, is it even uh, uh, so many questions? <laughs> So the first thing uh, that uh, it could motivate any person would be that we must, uh, uh, what you can say that I was personally influenced by my friends. So my friends uh, joined a volunteer group, which is why So I also joined together with them. And since then on, there was no looking back. And anyone listening out there would be that whatever uh, passion, uh, whatever passion you have, uh, you just focus on how what what makes you feel passionate about, what gives you confidence and what really uh, makes you feel that there's something to be done. And after that, uh, you can try to talk with your friends, if, see if they're interested. And if you find that you will find someone in your society or anywhere that there will be a person who would be really interested for whatever cause you do it together. And the most important quote you can take with you is, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So yeah. you must take that first step. Awesome quote. <laughs> awesome quote. <laughs> thank you. All right, you. Uh, Nirup, thank you so much for this interview full of um, new knowledge. 
uh, philosophy and <laughs> experiences. <laughs> it was really nice. I hope our listeners out there will take away a lot of positive things from this interview. Hopefully they will uh, share this Thank with you. their friends and spread the word of young mm -hmm. change makers. All right. So <laughs> thank you so much, William. Sure, sure. A wonderful host. Thank you. So thank you. Much. Thank you. I appreciate that. If you want to add anything else, feel free to do it. Yes, I can add a few, one small bit. That is that uh, since I attended the Global Youth Summit in 2019 and became a global change maker, it has redoubled uh, my efforts in my community and it has uh, the training and the experience I got from that was truly life-changing and it has been with me ever since and I think it will be with me throughout my life. So I urge everyone to support Global Change Makers throughout the world and also be a Global Change Maker. Thank you. If you'd like to know more about Global Change Makers and our mission of enabling youth to create a positive impact in their communities, you can visit our website at global-changemakers.net or follow us on social media at WeRGCM. And if you'd like to support us further, go check out our Patreon page at Global Changemakers and help us have a greater impact. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Young Changemakers. See you next Tuesday.